Welcome back to the Y Network, where we interview every job occupation A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them how and why they started doing what they're doing, so that you can find your dream job too. Now, welcome back. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have ourselves an English teacher, my man Keyshawn. What's up, man? What's going on, G? Good to see so, you, brother. Keyshawn has been an English teacher for how many years? Uh, this is my end of my fourth year, so going on five years. Four or five years of English teaching up in the state of Maryland, and we're going to go ahead and get things started right here uh, at the Y Network. So, Keyshawn, tell me why and how you started doing what you're doing. Um, So, growing up, I always, I was one of those kids who I would go home, and I was in my homework as soon as I got home. Um, when I was at daycare, we would play school. Um, I would always be one of the ones that stood up and was trying to teach. So days that we didn't have school, like I played school, like I'll never forget in second grade, um, my second grade teacher for my birthday, she gave me a grade book and she was like, use this because I know you play school at home. I used to get like marker boards and chalkboards and all those things. So then uh, when I got in college, you know, I'm like, oh, teaching isn't cool. Like, I don't want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, but all my high school teachers told me that they'll see me in a couple of years because I'll be a teacher. And it kind of just came naturally to me once I got in college. Um, I was leading all my study groups and all those type of things. And ultimately, I just woke up and I was like, what the, f what the F am I doing? Mm -hmm. uh, and I followed through and it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I haven't looked back since. So. Okay, so how, how long did that process take you? Like, was it, like, how, what age were you when you really, when it really hit you that, okay, this is actually something I want to do? Uh, it was after my freshman year of college. So I'd say 18, 18, 18 years old. Yeah. And so then I, um, when I went into college, I think I was a sociology major, don't know why. Um, and then I gradually kind of did some self-advising and then started asking my professors. And by sophomore year, I was taking pre-education classes. Um, ended up becoming English and non-keep, uh, ended up being a non-teaching major and then ended up doing my master's in teaching. Um, so it all kind of leveled out and worked out, but it, it definitely, did not was not my first choice of what I wanted to do initially um, because I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like when we're good at something, we fight away from it because we feel like, oh, that's so easy for me to do or, oh, no, that's not the cool thing to do at 20 years old. But everybody has a calling for whatever reason. I feel like that has been mine. Your natural talent, your natural skill. This, this, that's something you were born with that you were just like, eh, I could be doing this, but um, I have something that I actually want to do. That's uh, maybe it might be a little harder for me, but. Right. And I've always naturally just been really good with people. Um, I've always been good with talking with people, working with people. I'm one of those people who um, I can go to an event that's full of mostly Caucasian people and be comfortable mm -hmm. and find a couple of people I'll talk to, make lifelong friends, whatever. And then within that same night, end up going to an entire black event and fitting in and feeling like myself, you know, or not just black, Latino, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. And then just working with kids kind of came naturally. Um, it was a challenge my first year because finding that midline of separation from being cool and then being strict can be tough, but I'm sure that's a question that'll come later. Um, but once you find your ground and you work with it, that's, that's what keeps you focused. Okay. Um, what are some childhood hobbies or habits that you think contributed to uh, being an English teacher today? Um, hmm. Definitely. Well, with English specifically, I've always been a writer. So since I was like three or four years old, um, I used to write stories. I used to write poems. Um, I write songs. So I remember when I was in third grade, my third grade teacher, she had like a bookshelf against the wall. 
and um, we always could have reading. And so like every Friday, somebody would pick a book and they would read it to the class in like the reading corner. So I started writing my books, like my own little books, and she would let me put my books on the shelf if they were appropriate. There was one where I was watching too much MTV. <laughs> and it got a little vivid. You know, I had drew girls in bikinis and stuff. She's like, you can't put this on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So that, I think, kind of helped. And then naturally, I've always just loved writing and I loved English. High school, it was easily my strongest subject. Um, so I know that really kind of sharpened my tool with English. Like, even with my interest, like, I'm very into music and movies. The two things that always stand out to me first about a song or about a film is how well is the script written? Like, how well are the lyrics and the emotions conveyed in a song? Um, how are these characters being created and crafted in a film or a television show? As far as um, teaching... Just always been a natural leader. Um, I definitely, uh, I can be somewhat controlling because I like to be in control of a lot of things. Um, and I'm a natural, um, people pleaser. So I think all of those kind of things, me being, uh, playing a lot of sports, me playing school at home, always like, you know, leading sessions and all that kind of stuff. I think those kind of things ultimately helped me kind of realize that it wasn't, you know, just my teacher saying I should be a teacher. It was kind of my calling. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so we had, um, so this week we're probably going to post uh, two videos. Our first video is with an educational advisor. Okay. And our second is probably going to be with you with an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked him last week what an average day was like for him. He was just in and out of meetings. What's an average day like for a teacher, a high school teacher? I think Ooh. a lot of people want to know that. Um, I, well, first off, it varies depending mm-hmm. on where you're at. So it's not going to be the same. And I, so I teach in Prince George's County public schools at Laurel High School. So even my day at Laurel High School is going to be completely different from a 10th grade English teacher at Fairmont Heights High School. Okay. Two different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, an average day, it's hard to nail an average day because there's so many different indiscrepancies that come up. But I'll say my day to day, at least as close to possible. Um, start the day off. So I have to be to work at 7.40. Technically, I'm supposed to be working at 7.15. The bell rings at 7.45. I'm there by the time the bell rings. We'll go with that. Um, so we have four classes within a day. They are 90-minute classes. Um, teachers are entitled to a planning period, which means they get to have at least 45 minutes of uninterrupted planning, um, and you have to get at least a 30-minute lunch. Mm-hmm. So... Um, teach your classes. So for me, let's say it's an A-day. We have A-day, B-day schedules. My first two classes are in the morning. So the best planning period at our school is third period because it's a full two hours uninterrupted because you have to put all the lunches in. So luckily I have that on A-days. And then B-days are great because I teach all three of my classes and then I have fourth period planning. So I'm free at the rest of the end of the day. Um, So my average day is teaching three classes Once a week, I usually get pulled into some sort of meeting with other teachers, which I hate those meetings, being honest. Um, Like once a week, um, we have, well, once a month, we have uh, after school on Wednesday, the whole school meets in the auditorium. Um, We have department meetings. But from day to day, the most normality that I have is my three classes. And then in between classes, sometime during classes, I become a therapist. It always happens. Uh, whether it's my students just coming to me about stuff that's good going on. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I have a student now, I'm not gonna say her name, but, uh, she's been working at Domino's for a while. And so now she's like the, st- one of the store managers and she's graduating this year. So she talks about that every day. She's very excited. Um, 
then you had some tragedies. You have a student who earlier this year he got shot when he went to a party, and so um, he was in a wheelchair. And now he's on crutches. So watching his stride kind of come along um, is really a good thing. But the most normal thing for me every single day, I guess, would be having that engagement with my students because there are days where I just don't want to go to work. You know, and that's I don't think that that's a that's not just a teaching thing. Yeah, that's that's at every job. And um, no matter how much you like your job, there are days where you just don't feel it. And so for me, I've never, at least at the school I'm at now, um, every single day that I go in, now with some students, students who don't know me that, or this is their first year really having me, days where I don't really want to be bothered, they get it. Mm-hmm. But for my students who have been with me since I've been at Laurel, so for three or four, in the last two or three years, those who had, who had that relationship, they know when I'm upset, they know how to get me unupset. Okay. So... The most common thing for me, I'm going on a tangent. The most common thing for me is my students teaching my three classes. Aside from that, no one day is the same. It's always something. Okay, let me uh, piggyback off that. Um, every job has its ups and downs. Right. What do you enjoy least about being a teacher? <laughs> um. Really, there are two things. Um, at the top of the list. The first one is just ed- the education system itself is just changing. Um, and when I say that, there's a lot of things that attribute to that. Mm-hmm. Number one, the quality of curriculum changes because of technology. Technology is a gift and a curse if you know how to use it in your classroom, if mm-hmm. you know how not to. Um, the education, education is changing because it's becoming a lot more parent driven than teacher driven. And parents should definitely have input. But I think at a certain point, parental we like guidance within it can kind of take away from what a quality education should look like. Um, And then, you know, just this generation of students, you know, not, not knocking any parents, but I just think, you know, the is different. They are so used to having everything readily at their hands. They like things for the moment, then it's gone. You know, it wasn't like that when we were in school. So that's a lot challenging because what, exciting activities that might have them excited on Monday by Wednesday you're trying to recap off that and go into something new and they're burnt out they don't want to do it um you know it's hard you got to find a way to keep them going with a bunch of different things because they get tired of things so quickly and with that being said one of the reasons is because we test so much that's probably one of the things I hate the most is testing because it wears students out you know, yes, from like January to May at Laurel in particular, we have so many tests that we have to do by the state, by the county. And so as an educator, especially for your core classes, you have other responsibilities that you have to do too. But it's hard. And there are certain days where I'm just like, I know y'all have been testing all day. What are you really going to get out of me standing here and trying to teach you for an hour to an hour and a half? So you have to like find ways to make things work. Um, and then aside from all those things, that's within the education system. Mm-hmm. Aside from all that, the thing I like the least, uh, I'm not a big fan of working with a bunch of adults. Um, you'll, to me, I think dealing with disgruntled adults is 10 times worse than dealing with a child that just needs to be spanked. Okay. Or just needs to be grounded for a week. Um, because you can't ground an adult. You can't, you know, you can't tell an adult, okay, give me your phone. Like, give you my phone. I pay my bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there's a few coworkers that just drive me crazy. Um, but I don't let them pull me out of myself often. Um, but that definitely working with adults who act like teenage kids 
is definitely one of the least things that I enjoy. So okay, um, yeah. Now we could, I mean, we could have really went into a whole a lot. video with that testing thing. Yes, and you know there was there was a there's a lot of uh, good stuff you were talking about there. But let's go on to uh, what things you enjoy the most about teaching. Easily, uh, my students um, definitely have days where I'm just like. I don't want the big social aspect today. I don't want to sit and talk about, you know, me. I don't want to, we don't need to sit and talk about like, you know, little frivolous things. But at the same time, those are the things that make the relationship. And one thing that I love about working with kids, whether it's elementary school kids or high school kids, kids know when you're real. And so if you are there and you're there to get a paycheck, they know you're there to get a paycheck. Um, if you're there and you care about them, they know. They pick up on that instantly. You can't fake that funk for too long. And um, for me, that's probably the most beneficial thing. Specifically, this year, um, the class that I started with at Laurel, they graduated seniors. So seeing a lot of their journeys, some not as great as others, but seeing how they've evolved, to me, is one of those things where I just go to work and I'm like, I'm really proud. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that's easily the thing that's top tier that I love about it. Um, getting to know them personally, um, academically, and just having such a role in their lives and seeing what you know they've ultimately become is definitely top tier for me. Um, aside from that, uh, I talked about negative coworkers, but there are some good ones too. Um, what I love about teaching is everybody's a teacher in their own way. And so in the English department specifically, I've learned so much from a lot of my colleagues because they have a lot more experience with some things. They come from different backgrounds, different dynamics. So I've been able to learn so much from them that is, you know, aided me and helping me become a better educator. And then, you know, I got my little crew at work, you know, the four of us. They call us the cool kids. We call ourselves the mean kids just out of fun. Um, but, you know... Yeah, well, we're we're young, so it's uh okay, okay. We're like semi young, so uh, one I'm 27, uh, one guy's 25, one girl's like 31, and the other one's like 34. So we're all fairly young in the teaching realm. Um, but you know, days where I just feel like absolute, I don't want to be here, and even days where the students are kind of out of it, we kind of keep each other going and lift each other up. You know, if we need to have like a vent session after work, we have that. Do what we got to do come to work the next day and handle our business so definitely those things keep me going okay so all right this next question um again this is uh really weird because the first my first interview was an educational advisor right now my second interview is an english teacher oh. and this let's question... specify first okay um so i don't just teach english okay uh i teach english and then i also teach uh English is what I'm certified in, but I also teach television production. So before you get into your next question, I just want to throw this caveat into anyone who's looking to be a teacher. Um, it's very important to have your specialty. So for me, it's been English. But you also, depending on what you may do, you may get asked or called to do a bunch of different things. So when I started at Laurel, the guy who was teaching before I got there, he taught English, television production, one through three, journalism, and he was in charge of school newspaper. He retired from Laurel, taught there 30 years. When I interviewed, they told me they were looking for someone that could fill all three of those voids. I didn't know until I found out later that if I said no, but they still liked me, they would have made me teach English but gave the other things to somebody else. But I was interested. I genuinely thought it would be cool. So I took it, and what I learned about those other two subjects is some things you have to 
when things are handed to you and those are your responsibility, you're not always given a lot of resources. So you have to make the most out of those yourself. So journalism kind of went away, but TV production has stuck because I've pretty much put it on myself to find ways to make that come to life with kids. And it's so easy now because there's social media. You know, there's iMovie. Every iPhone now comes with iMovie. You know, there's so many different things and ways to get them glued in. So I'm going on a tangent, but keep in mind for anybody that's looking to be an educator, have your specialty be also realize that just because that's your niche doesn't mean that's going to be the only thing you're doing. So, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's all good. It's all good. Uh, do you think uh-huh. that grades mattered in school for the success of your career right now? I'm asking you this question like this because our educational advisor actually said no. So, um, you should have told me after I answered what he said. Um, but yes and no. I say yes because I think, at least for me, my level of work, um, and no matter what I do, even on days where I BS, I just want to be the best at everything I do. I've always been that way. Even things where I knew that there were people that were like, I played football in high school. Football by no means was my best sport. I was in good shape. You know, wrestling was my main sport in high school. Um, but I knew though I wasn't like technically the best person, I wanted to be my best self while I played. So everything that I do, I want to be the best at, the best that Keyshawn can be. So... You know, in high school, my freshman year of high school, I started off first report card. I think I had like a 3.25. And then gradually, I just, I failed off of the wrestling team. Um, I just was not producing my best work. And it took my mother, put ground, put me on punishment and instilling that work ethic in me. That sophomore, junior, senior year, I busted my behind. All throughout college, I was on Dean's List and everything the whole time. So I think for certain people, you know, if you're built a certain way and crafted a certain way, it can indeed instill a work ethic in you that makes you good, like on a good trait. However, I do know people who did not do great in school. And, you know, they were C students who made it through. But in a professional field, they are doing the absolute best that they can. So I don't think grades are the lone trait that could really make someone successful in their career. But I do think, depending on the person, it could be what creates that work ethic in you. For me, it definitely was. But I also naturally always knew I wanted to be the best at whatever it is that I do. Um, but it's not mandatory. But for me, it was, I think. Okay. Um, now, uh, it's a lot of 17 through 25-year-olds out there uh, watching this video right now. And a lot of them might know that they want to be a teacher, mm-hmm. but they might not. So if there's one piece of advice you could give those people out there who are watching, what would it be? So for the ones who want to be teachers, um, I would say you know 100% that you want to be a teacher. Um, you have to really, really invest. And when I say invest... I don't necessarily mean going out and spending a lot of money, though you will when you have to take tests, you're going to spend some money. But you have to invest, number one, in um, your content. So if you're going to be, a lot of people are so quick to say, oh, I'm going to be a gym teacher. You know, they, they make the same amount of money. They don't have to do that much. 
Um, I have colleagues who are excellent physical education teachers. It's physical education, not gym. Um, and they have a lot of things that they are required to do too. They work just as hard as everyone else. And a lot of them at our school do so many other things than just teach physical education classes. Um, so for me, I think, um, I would say definitely invest and know your content, know what it is that you want to do. Always sharpen yourself. When I was taking my practice exam and things of that nature, I was passing everything but the content test. And I didn't understand why I was not passing English. I was a great writer. Um, I knew certain things, but what was on that test, I wasn't getting exposure to. So it wasn't until I actually started student teaching and I started like teaching the content that was on the test that I would take time and actually reread it myself. And so the first time I took it after I started student teaching, I passed it with flying colors. So you have to make sure that you are savvy on your content and just be real, be yourself, be authentic. Um, for people who were like me and didn't know if you should be a teacher or not, uh, do some self-digging because it's not for everybody. I know people who teaching was the last thing on their mind and now they ended up as educators. I know people who started off teaching thought they like it and they hate it. Now they're doing real estate or something. It's not for everybody. Um, and this is not me saying everybody should go and be a teacher. Everybody should not be a teacher. But to anybody, find what you, what is good for you. Um, it should not always be about what makes the most amount of money because money can't buy your happiness. The first teaching job I accepted was more money than I was making at the job before, and I hated it. And I seriously questioned whether or not teaching was for me after that. Um, so, you know, find what your passion is and rock it out. Like, don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. It sounds very generic, but we're both adults here, and we know it's the truth. Like, if nobody else believes in you, you got to believe in yourself. And then make everybody else see what you do and tell them kiss your ass after. So, and that was the magic rainbow leading to the pot of gold for the podcast, guys. Thanks for watching, uh, Mr. Keyshawn. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, YI Network, go ahead and follow us on all social media at YI Network. Uh, if you're passionate about your job and you want to come on the show, tell uh, your audience and really inspire uh, the people who really want to learn, go ahead and email me at why I'm passionate at gmail.com. And thank you guys for watching. Have a good one.